This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia. Let's look at our podcast for the month of September coming up. This can provide some of the most outstanding fishing we have of the entire year. Situations are a little different than they were in the spring when things were hot to trot, but if you play the game right, September can be outstanding. The small mouse streams are at a perfect level for a technique that I really enjoy and that is probably the most effective technique I use on small map. In the evening, let's say the last two hours of daylight, I head to the tails of the pools where I know the water is from one foot deep to maybe three feet deep. What's so great about this is the fact that this is a very, very strong area for chubmanas and uh, creek chubmanas and also shiner minnows and dace minnows. But especially the chubmanas and the dace minnows, there are huge quantities of these. Now, the bass don't like to hang back there in the middle of the day in the bright sun to feed on these minnows, even though they're there in large quantity. However, once the sun gets off the water, drops below the horizon, these bass move back in there and feed heavily on these minnows. Now, in that this water is relatively shallow, the big bass, and I'm talking about big bass, are wary back in there. So we've got to build that into our strategy. When I'm going to fish the tail of these pools, I enter the riffle right below it, wade out in, oh, maybe I might go out 30, 40 feet into the river, turn and wade upstream to right where the water drops into that water I'm in. So I'm in, basically, I'm right in the tail of the pool above me, where is where these minnows are located and where the bass are coming after them. So I'll start right in there, casting up and across stream, fanning my cast out, oh, maybe up as much as 30, 40, 50 feet. I developed a fly a few years ago that is extremely effective here. We call it the floating minnow. It's the Murray's floating dace and also the floating chub. It's just nothing but deer hair. I do put some silicone in it to keep it floating. But I'll fan those casts throughout all the water I can reach from the spot that I started standing in. If I nail some, I stand there and keep on casting as long as I'm catching them. After that, I'll move across the river. Now, not getting up in the pool, but I'm going across the river, maybe wade out in there another 30 feet. And from that point, I'll fan my cast across everything I can reach above me. If this happens to be the South Fork of the Shenandoah, I might make maybe three or four of these jumps going across the river. North Fork, I can usually cover it all in two jumps. But I'm going to put my flies over everything that's out there. And if I do it right, I'm probably going to have the best fishing I've had all day long. The easy retrieve is sort of a strip pause strip retrieve that moves the fly just slightly faster than the current would push it by itself. Does that make sense? In other words, I'm trying to make my fly act like a, a minnow swimming along the surface. Now, here's a tricky part. 
They know what's going on back there. They know these minnows are trying to get away from them. And you'll often see the wake of a big bass coming from 10 feet away at your fly. Now, you got to cool it here. If you set the hook to, before he gets there, obviously you're not going to get him. If you kind of hold back on your strike until he hits the fly and you're a little slow on the draw there, he's going to spit it out. And only experience will show you how to play this tail of the water game. But I think catch more big fish this way than any way I fish for smallmouth. And the whole month of September, this is good. So wade into the tails of these things and just try to cover everything you can do and i move up into the pool just a little bit little bit little bit now eventually most of the tail of these pools will get too deep to wade if it has been productive and it almost always is i might move over a little bit toward the side of the river where the water is shallower and i can wade it but give this a try i told a friend of mine about this not long ago and he said he could not believe how many good bits he's getting there. So give this a try and see what you think about it. And I believe you'll be well pleased with it. If you can use my help on this, just let me show you. We teach it in some of our schools and guide trips and all that type stuff. All right, let's talk about the trout here. I'm talking about the mountain trout, the wild brook trout. I don't care about stockfish. It, I'm told I just much rather fish for the wild trout. All right, many of these streams are still fairly warm. All right, the trout tend to move upstream a little bit to find cooler water. 68 degrees down in the bottom of a trout stream is going to goose that guy and say, move up to try to find cooler water. Now, the first thing I do when I get to the stream, I stick my thermometer in the, in the stream, take a temperature, and then that gives me a little bit of insight of how I want to fish it. There are springs all over these mountain streams. Now, I'm talking about into Blue Ridge, all the way down into, uh, all the way down to Cherokee, going all the way down through the mountains. Now, yes, there's springs in the top of the mountain. I explored one the other day just to go see how high I could go up and find one. Blew my mind. I got up in the top of the mountain, and here came a great spring just rolling out. Just to see what was going on, I took the temperature, and the water below that spring was, uh, it was about 4 to 6 degrees cooler than it was where I had started about four mile, three miles down that mountain. All right, I'm reading a book right now that was written over 100 years ago on the Blue Ridge Mountain, talking a lot about the settlers that, in many cases, squatted in those Blue Ridge Mountains. And many of these cabins, they'd just go on land that didn't have anybody in it, and they'd stick a cabin up there, and they'd call it their own until somebody chased them out. Now, many of those cabins are located up there two or 3,000 feet up in the mountains, and yet, because they had to have springs, they'd go until they found a suitable place that had a suitable spring, and there they squatted. Now, this is not as hard to find as you think. I just went out here in the fly shop and pulled some of the topo maps. Many of these maps are actually showing the springs high up in the mountain they're well marked on these topo maps and uh, 
you can use those to find the areas you want to fish. Last year, about this time of the year, I was headed to a stream. I had fished often, but the growth was getting pretty heavy in there, and you know I'm scared to death of snakes. So I decided I'd find a shortcut into this stream that I'd fished often. Well, I sort of got lost in there for a little bit. I knew I was going to come out right, but I had never been in this area, this shortcut, so to speak, that I took. So going down through this shortcut, I finally got within about a half mile of the spring, stream, and lo and behold, here was a fantastic spring rolling along the top of the ground, and I'd been fishing this stream for 10 years. I had never seen this spring, so I followed the spring down to the stream. Well, it was a tricky situation. Where the spring flowed into my mountain brook trout stream, it percolated in through kind of a marshy bank. It didn't come rolling in. You didn't see a stream rolling in. You didn't see a spring coming in. You didn't see any change of water because it percolated in through along the sides, but it did go directly into the stream. So I went downstream to where all this water had come in from the spring that I ran into by accident and took the water temperature, and it was four degrees cooler. Now, at this time of the year, that's quite a bit. It was four degrees cooler than the water up above it. So I dropped down, oh, I probably dropped down... Um, quarter of a mile turned into the stream and started fishing up to take advantage of that cool water and the fishing really was outstanding when i got above that spring it slowed down because the water up there was warmer than it had been down below so little things like this often really increase the quality of your fishing and personally i find it as a challenge like finding a spring that i'd been fishing around all my life and didn't even know it was there but go into these little things and i think you'll find some fantastic fishing and then it's always going to be like that if you have any questions on either the bass fishing or the trout fishing that I can help you find better areas, show you better places on the map, just come in. I'll go over the maps with you. Give me a ring at 540-984-4212, and I'll be glad to help you find good fishing. Thank you so much. This is Harry Murray at Murray's Fly Shop in Edinburgh, Virginia.